Welcome to Commercial Property Podcast. My name is Helen Tarrant. I'm an author, I am an educator, and I am a specialist commercial property bias agent. Now, in this podcast, I'm going to be sharing with you specialist strategies and terminologies and live case studies on how you too can achieve financial freedom through commercial property. Now, if you are looking to buy your first commercial property, want to find out more information to see if commercial property is right for you, or you want to expand your portfolio to two or three commercial properties or even more, then this is the podcast for you. I will be sharing with you live case studies, the journey of my clients and students, and also how we're putting deals together. So relax, listen in and enjoy the process. And so here we are in the third part of this special series on taking advantage of investing opportunities during coronavirus. There is still a significant fear of income loss and a lot of instability right now. And in this episode, Helen Tarrant reveals how commercial property can help you establish and secure cash flow for your household, income flow, even during difficult times like these. There are businesses right now that are flying under the radar. They're doing really well. They're not adversely affected by the economic downturn due to coronavirus. And that positions certain commercial properties as really good investments. So ultimately, commercial property is still going to generate cash flow, even in this market, in the short term, medium term and long term. So the best way to seize the opportunities in the current market are to deal with your fears in commercial property and listen in to Helen's advice. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Commercial Property Podcast with Helen Tarrant. Welcome, Helen. Thank you. Uh, Always great to be back. Always great to talk commercial property. Love talking commercial property with you, Helen, as well. So we're coming into the third part of our podcast series where we're looking at what's happening, you know, in the minds of investors and in the marketplace due to coronavirus and what that would look like coming out of coronavirus, how the markets are recovering, you know, and the best ways to position yourself as an investor, especially a property investor, to take, you know, um, you know, take up and seize the opportunities that are being created as we speak and as we record. So I know that there's a lot of um, indecision at the moment um, based in investing in real estate because of either people fearing a loss of income, having incurred some loss of income or being concerned about instability in income in general. Um, just wondering where you see this fear coming from and I'd like to sort of dive into the topic of um, how commercial property functions um, and how it can actually help address some of those fears. Okay, so I think um, a lot of people at the moment see commercial property and go, oh, my God, I'm going to stay away from them. Because, yes, I think uh, that's what they're thinking too. Sorry. Because, you know, all of a sudden we're not sure or not sure if they're going to survive, who's going to come out of it and who's not. Um, and I think there is going to be a certain lull for income because you have to give your tenant some waivers, you have to give your tenant some deferral, it, um, but at the same time the bank is giving you some deferral. So I know it, it's all checks and balances and sometimes it doesn't, you know, you don't come out as exactly balancing out. But the way I see it is that, the economy is taking a loss and everyone is going to have to take a bit of a loss. It's the it's the bigger or the lesser. 
of the loss and all you can do right now is to look at minimizing loss but in terms of going forward ultimately commercial property is still going to produce cash flow and one of the great things is this thing has caused a a big shift in interest rates so i know our clients who've had about two months ago deals that's approved um and gone through the approval process gone through evaluation gone to settlement now they're settling and one percent lower so they got approved at four percent now their new term and they settle is three percent right. if you're buying a seven percent yielding property you've just got more cash flow yeah in coming in because there's been a change in interest rate and the interest rate is not going anywhere anytime fast if one thing that can be a consensus in this market most people deep down realize that they're not the interest rate is not moving for the next probably two to three years as the market mm -hmm. stabilized, which means that you've got this great gap of opportunity to go and find yourself a property that is going to give you some cash flow, some instant cash flow. And yes, COVID is here, but COVID is passing. And in fact, we're in the last few months of it. And you're and we're starting to ease, even with our tenants, from next month onwards, we're starting to give them a lesser discount. Mm -hmm. So some of our tenants, our cafe tenants, we've had a cafe and a restaurant tenant um, and we've both, we've given them the last couple of months 50% off of their rent. Um, from next month onwards, we're giving them a 40% off and gradually we're working them back up into process of back up to 100%. If not 100%, well, you know, we get them back up to 90%. But remember, at the same time, our insurance rate has dropped during this time as well. So while we've given them a discount, we're still clearing cash flow through this period. And while they might be paying 90%, we're also paying essentially 90% of our mortgage with a drop in interest rates. So it balances itself out as well. The other thing is, um, I find I had a, a, a tenant, and this to totally, totally took me by surprise, um, but it definitely restores your faith in humanity. Um, and it was, she was a hairdressing tenant, and she basically said, look, I have to shut my shop because of COVID, and, you know, then I won't be able to pay the rent. I said, no, no problems, you can get 100%. I, I basically gave her 100% waiver of her rent. Um, yeah. Because you don't have to, but because we could afford it, I said, look, that's fine. She came back only last week and said, hey, um, actually, I didn't close down fully. Um, I still ended up trading here and there. And um, I only ended up having a drop of, you know, 30 to 40%. So my accountant worked out how much rent I owe you based on that. And here's the oh, rent. I've transferred wow. it to, to your agent's account. Okay. And that one's blown I was totally, yeah, totally flawed. And I said to the agent, look, just go back to her and say, we'll only take 50% of the rent, even though you've given me 70 percent will you know we'll give you a credit for that because we're all trying to do the right thing by everybody so that's the kind of thing i think you know there are people there who are genuinely trying to make things work yes. uh, and in commercial property remember because it used to be a time where it's a lot more higher the interest rate than the residential now residential is um is not as competitive as commercial lending rates so you'll find that you are actually always going to clear more cash flow out of out of commercial. The main thing with commercial is about having the stamina to hold it through. Um, there used to be this analogy that uh, with residential property, uh, things that happen don't kill you. So what they do is they have little naggy problems. You know, the water heater breaks, the, 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 um, the stove needs to be replaced, um, the, um, the light goes out. 
you know, all of these little things that just hit you throughout the year, you know, the tree that needs to be cut down. So all of these things are minor and they yeah. nag at you and nag at you. They, they don't hurt you, they just irritate you. And it goes on for years and years and years. And what happens in commercial property is that it nothing happens. So everyone goes, this is great. And then bang, an earthquake happens. And it's about the survival <laughs> through the earthquake. And then everything goes back to normal. So it's about um, having strategies in place where the earthquake happens and it's not a, t it's not a nine, it's more like a six. <laughs> Um, and really what that's what COVID is it's the earthquake that's hit the commercial property space yeah. and it's yeah. about now minimizing loss because we know that everybody to be to say that no one's going to suffer loss is is incorrect it, the thing is everyone or at some point will suffer a loss it's about how you maneuver out of it um, so we're conscious that um, we're not going to hike up our rent immediately for our tenants because we know they're still recovering um, we we're conscious that um, that some tenants are restricted to trading uh, we are conscious that some tenants can't return to the office so we take that all into effect and we continuously talk to our tenants and go here we'll, we'll give you this much off um, this is deferred this is um, to be paid now um, and they understand and and that's the whole process as long as you are still getting cash flow one of the things that and this is my own experience. Um, one of my loans is with ANZ. Um, and this, I know that happens with a few of the other banks, but not all of them. And depends on who you bank with. Um, I, with this facility, I, it was up to a million dollars in terms of, it wasn't quite a million dollars in lending, but it's a facility of up to a million dollars. When COVID happened, their business um, development manager reached out to me and said, look, we've got an option. We can either defer um, your payment by you know three or six months, mm -hmm. or we can give you a cut in your interest rate. Now I was paying about four and a half percent at the time of my interest rate, and they said what we can offer you is two point five nine percent on that. <laughs> Continue to pay. My yeah. mortgage repayment went from four thousand dollars a month to two thousand two thousand five hundred a month, wow. like something like okay. that. It was it was okay. literally almost halved. Like I was like even if one tenant. Like and I in this bundle I had about three properties. Even if one of my tenant paid, I would still yes. be able to make mortgage payments. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's, and that's she was right. like, We we can give that to you for fix for two years. And you think, Well, why not? <laughs> okay. So yep, absolutely. There are there are remarkable opportunities being created out of this situation as well. So you've just increased your cash flow for the next two years. Um, by lowering that interest rate um, from the bank. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, which, which is, yeah, phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. And, and it is phenomenal. And this is the thing that they don't tell you is that there is heaps of prop commercial property investors that on previous loans that are doing much better through COVID, yeah. even though they have to give their tenant a discount because they know the discount is for six months, but yes. they know that the fixed rate is for the two to three years. <laughs> yes. And they're playing the long game where in, in 12 months time, they'll be back to full rent and they'll be at two and a half percent. And yeah. they'll be getting an 8% yield out of that property. And that's phenomenal. They're earning almost three times as much. So there's going to be a time where these people are reaping the rewards of this. Yeah, and that, and that is um, 
it, that particular strategy may not be unique to well actually no the, it, it is in terms of reduction of um, income for commercial property but it's just you know another buffer in what what can be created in a commercial property investing strategy right now even in this mayhem when you know what to look for uh, and you understand how uh, the commercial property can be a really good cash flow vehicle for um, household income. And I suppose so what I wanted to touch upon um, through your discussion is, you know, positive cash flow. People throw that around all the time. But, you know, if you could just briefly outline to us, you know, what is the power of positive cash flow in a commercial property strategy versus something in residential or, you know, you know, any other type of investment that might yield dividends and things like that. You know, what what is what is the power behind commercial property in creating cash flow for a household, for example, especially if a household is, you know, thinking, well, you know, everything's turned to, you know, SHIT at the moment <laughs> during COVID and, um, you know, there's so much uncertainty. How can I create a little bit of a buffer, a little bit of certainty? One of, one of the ways is we're which you've just outlined now, but I just thought maybe you could break it down a little bit further for those who might be very, very new to jumping onto the podcast and listening to commercial property strategies. Um, I think one of the things is to look at that um, with residential, it's it was never meant to be a cash flow game. I think people spend an exorbitant amount of their time trying to make it a cash flow um, positive project. So they put granny flats, they renovate, they extend, they subdivide, um, they build up, you know, they do rooming houses, they do all of these things because they they try to make a strategy that was never meant to be a positive cash flow strategy into a positive cash flow strategy. Well the whole point of residential is that they hold for the long term and they get the capital growth in the back end. Uh, but if you look at a commercial property, it was the vehicle itself was born to be a it was born to be a cash flow strategy it was born mm. to produce cash flow from day one unless you decide that you were going to buy in ultra uber urban you know middle of sydney cbd then that is definitely a growth but most people can't afford that anyway mm. so for the bulk of the investors it was always going to be a cash flow strategy so if it was going to be a cash flow strategy then um, what you need to do is uh, implement that strategy rather than not rather than going okay I'm going to um, rather than say that oh I, I need to uh, try to make this a growth strategy and that's where yeah. people get the mistake from is that they all of a sudden want to make this a growth strategy. And yeah. it's like, well, it's a growth strategy. You can't have a growth strategy with a cash flow strategy combined into one because what happens is that just causes a lot of heartache um, because you're trying to make it something that's not. If it's going to be pure cash flow, then implement the cash flow well. Then you know that what you get out of it you're going to get pure cash flow, then implement a growth strategy and do that really well. And then you've got a balance in your portfolio. And that sounds more like moving on to perhaps another topic that I like to discuss down the track, which is um, having a variation in your types of assets and in your strategies over time, because I know you like to sort of discuss that with your one-on-one -on -one clients about, okay, where are we starting from, but what's your overall 
you know, longer term goal and what types of different strategies will, will help you reach that goal and hence therefore which properties fit into those types of strat- strategies. Yeah. And the other thing I just sort of want to, um, I guess, I think be let listeners be, be mindful of is the simple strategies that generate the cash flow other ones you're looking for. What I find is people who want to do both or they want to implement everything to one, they kind of try to find the hardest site and make it work. And I always say, well, what's the simplest way to make that cash flow? Is it, um, and if you're comparing one strategy with another, like say you're comparing residential with commercial, is it buying a commercial property that is set and forget at 7% and you're getting lending at three and you're clearing $20,000 a year? Is that the simple strategy or is it buying a house for $400,000, building a granny flat and an extension and having three rented out and clearing the same amount? And yeah. <laughs> so you've got to look at it and go, well, what is the simplest way for me to get to my goal? Yeah. And, and, that's, and, and I say that even for people who want to do uplift projects or manage um, manufactured uh, growth, because yes. what often comes to me is they give me a site and they go, yeah, well, this site is fantastic. All we got to do is, you know, take back some of the site, then build this, remove the asbestos of that and that. And I'm like, well, you know, that means that you're actually spending an extra 150 grand. So why don't we scrap this site? Why don't you just <laughs> find a site that the tenant's just occupying half of it and just refurbish that and rent that out? That's just a simpler version of doing it. Um, and you save yourself the heartache of the 150 grand and you're spending 50 grand or something that's straightforward. So it is really the easiest part to get to A to B. And when first time residential investors go to commercial, they're often astounded by how easy that is. They go, and then what? I'm like, then nothing. You buy it, you settle, you get the money. They're like, oh, but then what else happens? (laughs) Well, nothing else happens. You buy another one. And they're like, oh, okay. (laughs) No, it's, um, it really is an eye opener. And, um, Again, when you haven't walked that path or you don't have the experience that you particularly have, Helen, sharing all these insights, it's really hard for, for um, you know, an individual to, to grasp how simple it could be or how less complicated they could actually make it to create positive cash flow and income um, into their household using the right type of commercial property as opposed to, as you said, complicating it with different strategies or residential and trying to do, you know, 10 different things on, on one property to achieve that same outcome um, when, it, when that is all they really want and need. Brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, great. Brilliant. Thank you once again for jumping on. I certainly hope that uh, in listening to the podcast, everyone has had a chance to gain some insights as to how to keep things simple in terms of generating positive cash flow from a commercial property investment, um, how you know, a simple one line of thinking could achieve that as opposed to complicating things too much. Um, And Helen, I suppose one last comment before I actually do sign off, even though I'd started to sign off, is how easy is it to come across such properties right now, ones that will generate a nice little consistent, you know, bit of cash flow that are simple, you know, relatively simple set and forget properties? What are they like at the moment in this current market? 
Um, <laughs> the funny thing about this current market is that there's a bit of a standstill. So you've got to be mindful that your deal is going to take longer and you're going to need to have a couple of bashes at it before it works. So example yeah. is um, the classic example of this is that um, vendors want to sell but they want to sell at pre-COVID prices. Purchasers want to buy, but they want to buy at COVID prices. <laughs> and so there's a mismatch. Um, and the agents in the middle, some agents have said, look, totally understand these things are not going to work and let's talk to the buyer and let's talk to the, the seller. Let's talk to the buyer. Let's try to come to a happy medium. Let's just do the deal. Um, some agents are going, no, you know, we're still getting lots and lots of inquiries. But lots and lots of inquiries does not equivalent to a sale. No, and there is fast. lots and lots of inquiries being made in this market. But the yeah. real purchases are looking at buying, are looking at deals. Um, and I would say, look, you if you put an offer into a property at a level you think is appropriate and you get a lot of heat from the agent and everybody else to it, that property may still be on the market later on. But it just the deal won't be done in two days. The deal might take two weeks now to get done or sometimes a month. Yeah. Um, and they might go, look, I won't sell now. I'm going to pull it off the market and three months later, I'll put it back on the market because it might be a better time. And these things will happen. And mm. it's just unfortunate because if you're trying to nab a deal, it's a really frustrating period. Um, but remember, it's not you. It actually is everybody in this market. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. Really good insights. So a little bit of patience um, and taking the time to, again, you know, sort of do the searching to, to find such properties and see who's actually willing to to do a good deal um, under the current climate. Yeah, and, um, and really, like I always say, every deal that's worth, every property that's worth buying is a deal worth fighting for. So you, oh. now more than anything, you have to keep fighting for those deals. Love it. And with that, we will sign off. Keep fighting for those deals. Thank you so much, Helen. See you again next time. Thank you. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Commercial Property Cashflow Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. Please subscribe to this podcast so you do not miss any of my valuable tips and strategies. Now, if you're wanting more detailed education and training, I have a free webinar you can attend. Just click on the link in the show notes and it will take you there. And if you're ready to invest in commercial property with guided assistance and you want to talk to us, book into your free consultation. Find out more about it on helentarrant.com. I can't wait to share with you more of my tips and strategies in upcoming episodes. So really make sure you subscribe. This is Helen Tarrant signing off. See you on the Ned podcast.